0: Every time we remember something, we recreate that memory in our mind. Each recollection we have builds not upon the event itself, but upon the last time we remembered it. Our wedding day, our child's first step, that hurtful exchange with our best friend or our Father's last few hours. Each act of remembering brings a moment back into our consciousness and reconstitutes it, reassembles it, allowing it to live on, not only in the deepest recesses of our mind, back where our brain stores those silent, unilluminated thoughts, but right in the front of our minds, right where they can live and breathe and shine. The same, of course, is true for those we have loved and lost. Their memory is not static, a snapshot of the last time we saw them. It is a living remembrance, one that comes back into our lives of course, when we recall them into our consciousness, but more often than that, when they show up unexpectedly. I've heard many people who are bearing the struggle of grief tell me that from time to time, they still see and hear their loved one, not only when they close their eyes or sit quietly, but also when they're eating a meal or brushing their teeth. Those loved ones come to us not in spooky or strange ways, but in a sort of ordinary and comforting sort of way that seems natural when it's someone we love so much. Memories remain alive even if we know that the ones we hold in our hearts are no longer with us. But when we gather and remember those whom we love, not only alone or in our minds, but in the presence of God, something else is true. The souls of the righteous are in the hand of God, the book of wisdom reminds us. No torment will ever touch them. In the eyes of the foolish, they seem to have died, and their departure was thought to be a disaster, and their going from us a destruction, but they are at peace. As people of faith who put all our hopes and trust in the love of God, we know that those who have died are kept alive not only in our memories but also in the unending love that God has for us. Though our experience of suffering and loss in this world is undeniably true, God has given us a vision through that suffering and beyond this life. And in Jesus Christ, God has allowed us to see and know that because of love, because of God's love, those people are not lost to us because they live on in the presence of God. Whenever we come into God's presence, therefore, we come into their presence. Not only because we cherish their memory, but because the Holy Spirit brings us into the communion of all the saints and all the souls who have gone back to God although they dwell in a plane of existence beyond our reach. As we encounter the divine, our souls are lifted into that plane of existence, that space that is beyond space, that time that is outside of time. And so again, because of love, we are reunited with them in God's presence. For centuries after the Reformation, our tradition rejected the practice of praying for the dead because it was thought to be a practice designed to change the status of a soul to elevate those we've lost from purgatory to heaven. But after World War I, attitudes began to shift. Millions of dead across a continent torn apart by war, left 20th century Anglicans struggling to find a response that would be faithful both to the innumerable losses that they had experienced and also to the Protestant theology they had inherited. What they discovered is what so many of us already know, that praying for those who have died is not about promoting souls from one realm to another, but about holding in our hearts and minds and before God those whom we have lost, but whom we still love. And that act of love and prayer, that holy devotion which we gather together this evening to celebrate, it teaches us again a truth that dwells at the very center of our faith, that in God, nothing is lost, that in God, we remain united one to another. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.